0: Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
2: Bridgerton, the official podcast is a partnership between Shondaland Audio and iHeartRadio.
0: Bridgerton offers an escape. And for me, that's one of the things that got me excited about the show. And it's what I want viewers to take away, that they can be transported and, and escape to this other world, this beautiful, gorgeous, decadent world. But I also want viewers to relate to these characters and to see themselves on screen no matter, no matter who you are. I want you to laugh and cry and love right along with them. I wanted this show to be about a world and about an entire society. And there's a vibrancy to this world. Things are fresh, things are youthful. There is an effervescence and a sparkle to everything. And I think that's true for the set design, the costume, certainly. Everything is rooted in the Regency time period, but still slightly updated. The volume is turned up on everything.
2: That was Chris Van Dusen, creator, showrunner, and executive producer of Bridgerton, the show that led us to be gathered here today. Welcome to Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and you can consider me your official guide behind the scenes at Shondaland. So I live for the art effect, fact, history, drama, docs. I also love spreadsheets and Stan well-oiled production teams. So naturally, Bridgerton was a super combo of the stuff I love about life's top shelf medicine, television. So gather your dress, straighten that fascinator, and come with me. On this podcast, we're going to hear how Bridgerton came to life. And y'all, I have some friends coming along, and they are excited to talk about how life behind-the-scenes rocked. Allow me to introduce my highly esteemed co-hosts. Hi,
3: I'm Jess Brownell. I was a writer on season one of
2: Bridgerton, and
1: also on season two.
4: I'm Hannah Craig, and I'm the historian who is lucky enough to be on set with Bridgerton.
1: And I'm Annabelle Hood. I was a researcher and Chris Van Dusen's personal assistant on Bridgerton. And I am your certified
2: behind-the-scenes guide, Gabrielle Collins. And this...
1: Oh my God, it turned you off.
3: Do I click? Do you want me to click? How big is this file? Is this going to be
0: a big file?
1: Oh, was I doing that? I'm so sorry.
0: Take control of my computer.
1: <laughs> Reconnected? Can you say something?
2: No, hold on. Let me I yeah. would not have been able to... We've got
1: a uh, connection okay. issues.
2: This is the glamorous world of podcasting these days.
1: Compared to when it's pouring rain and you're ankle deep in mud... <laughs> And you're just (laughs) trying to, like, push all your equipment up a muddy hill to try and get to the next location. That's how glamorous this is.
2: Very glamorous. So this is what we're going to do on this little episode. It's a mini-sode, little appetizer, before we get into the main course of the show. Since there are so many voices you're going to hear on this podcast in the coming weeks, we just wanted to take the time to introduce ourselves and talk a bit about what's to come on the podcast. So you're basically going to get to know your guides. We're just gonna sit here and get giddy about Bridgerton and what it was like bringing it together. Jess, Annabelle, Hannah, I'm really excited to go behind the scenes and learn about your time on set, in the throes of production. We are gonna give you a peek inside the writer's room. Yes, we're going to learn how the sauce was made. We're going to get into the themes and modern twists in Bridgerton with book series author, Julia Quinn, And we'll get into how the writer's room debated and came to some of the decisions you all made on the show, Jess. We'll also hear from Chris Van Dusen and Shonda Rhimes' longtime producing partner and an executive producer on Bridgerton, Betsy Beers. Who I actually used to work for. I started my
3: career at Shondaland as Betsy Beers' assistant, believe it or not.
2: That's right! Jess... I love how you never leave us hanging on the sidelines when you're talking about being in the writer's room. You pull up a seat for us and we feel like we're there with you. So if you're really pulling up a seat in the writer's room, you're feeling a little bit sweaty
3: because you've been sitting in there for 10 hours. You're drinking sparkling (laughs) water, which is for some reason the official beverage of writer's rooms. Actually, season one, we wrote in a windowless room. So (laughs) that's the seat that's being pulled up just so you can set the scene. That's perfect. (laughs) I will also mention that Madame Delacroix is named that because we drank so much LaCroix in the room that when are we you were joking when we were trying to come up with a French name, I think someone pitched as a joke like
2: Delacroix. Did y'all really? And it stuck. I'm gullible. <laughs> You're lying. I'm
3: not lying. It's like a joke at this point that TV writers' rooms are obsessed with LaCroix. They're always stocked with it we would go through cases
4: and cases a day.
2: Wow, and, wow.
3: And yeah, that's how she got her name.
2: It's like we're here
4: to strip back all the glamour, isn't it? And make it sound, <laughs> make it it's sound. so true. <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> From such humble beginnings came, you know, this very sexy
2: show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hannah, listeners are going to feel the same way about what you have to say. What are you most excited to get into? Oh, well, it's just going to be exciting to think about
4: all the stuff we put together for Bridgerton. You know, for me, it's like a world that's like one foot in the past, one foot in the present, and then just all this glitter that comes from Shondaland. It's just going to be exciting to think about that again. And I will talk about history to anybody. So
2: I'm happy to do that on the podcast. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited too, because Will Hughes-Jones said that Google and Wikipedia are wonderful things, but that you were like a walking encyclopedia. I do see myself
4: as the kind of the reference resource, (laughs) the walking reference library that anyone can pull on. I think it's helpful that I've worked quite a lot with productions over the years. I understand how something goes from script to filming to final production.
2: Okay. So tell us a little more about how you ended up being the historian on Bridgerton.
4: Well, I think if someone had said to me many years ago, oh, Hannah, if you get a PhD, then one day you can work on a Shonda Rhimes production, I wouldn't have believed it. So it wasn't the sort of typical path I thought that history would take me to. But um, of course, it's a very exciting and magical path that I've ended up on. And I've always loved history, even as a child. And some of my childhood memories involve visiting historic sites with my family in Europe and in England. And what really captured my imagination, actually, were sort of things like the set of stone steps that you see in a castle, with those dips in the middle of the steps. And I just used to walk down those steps and think, how many people must have walked there before me to have made that dip in stone? And you can see the marks on a wall where all the hands have gone. And I just think, who were those people? Were they like me? What were they doing? Were they happy? Were they sad? And that always took me to kind of wanting to read about the past and think about the past. And, and it is just kind of an excuse to sit in a kind of landscape of your own imagination that's filled with all these ideas from all the books that you read, and then as a historian, all the sources you start to study. My head was always kind of teeming with the voices and the stories. And, and so for me, it always felt like film and television became a place where lots of those people then also came to life. It was sort
2: of a natural progression for me. Each episode, Hannah will give us a Regency-era history lesson. She's going to unpack the stuff that will make you go back and watch Bridgerton again, looking for clues. Twice. I'm unashamed to say that I have. Hannah, your expertise is going to help us to contextualize the setting of the show, and help us locate Easter eggs. Yeah, but don't worry. I'm not going
4: to set a test at the end or anything. <laughs> but if you do want to write an essay, I will read it for you.
3: <laughs> so- I love a test. I miss school. <laughs> I would like to take that test. <laughs>
4: okay, all right.
3: <laughs> can- we need like Bridgerton the board game where you get tested on history or something. Actually. You, as you advance, you get to like, you know... Make out with a duke. (laughs) Yeah,
4: and Lady Tempree's Den of Iniquity. I would be in that square (laughs) all the time. Yes,
2: I love it. Hang out in the Den of Iniquity, yes. (laughs) And finally, on the podcast, we're going to geek out with the production and costume designers and the cast about how this fantastical world was built. Annabelle will be our guide.
1: Yeah, I had the privilege of seeing just how Bridgerton came from being in Chris Van Dusen's imagination and the just the sheer power of everyone working together to make this show. I am Chris Van Dusen's personal assistant. That's pretty self-explanatory. But then you're not just getting lunches and helping schedule things. You're on a lot of email chains Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of things. I know a lot of secrets. I could be Lady Whistledown with how many secrets I know. (laughs) People, friends are texting me being like, do you know what's happening with this? And I'm like, I literally can't tell you. I'm so sorry. I literally can't tell you what's happening. That's really, really cool. Now that Bridgerton's become such a huge hit there's lots of crew that are coming out with behind the scenes photos and if ever I'm tagged in one of them I'm usually like standing in a corner on my phone and my laptop at the same time (laughs) I'm never doing anything interesting I'm never like standing in the middle of a field yeah but you were
4: the island of calm though the whole time Annabelle you were you know when everything else was, I tried to sort of fizzing around you. You were like the calm person always. Yeah. Sometimes with a hard stare. <laughs>
3: I'm so excited to get to experience this for season two to be on set and mm. experience all the stress, <laughs> <and> the trauma.
1: <laughs> but it is fun. That's what people like. We say it's stressful and we say it's crazy and we say we're standing in the pouring rain. But then at the same time, mm-hmm. you. You catch yourself looking around being like, I wouldn't actually want to be anywhere else.
3: Mm. Is it kind of maybe type two fun where you're like, as it's happening, you're sort of complaining and then you look back on it and you're like, that was awesome. Yes.
2: Yes. I got the sense that y'all were in sync from day one, like especially during writing and when the engines fired up on set.
1: Yeah, it always, the first day of set always feels like the first day of school you're meeting new people for the first time you know you can be as prepared as possible for the first day of school and you still feel like you've forgotten something and that's definitely what Bridgerton felt like day one and then by day two everyone was friends everyone got along and it was like all right let's make this tv show Nice. You know,
3: there was only one of the writers on set for season one, obviously because it was London and far away. So we didn't get to experience the crew tightness, but that writer's room, I will say, we are still all on a group thread. We talk like every day. It was such a close-knit group, and I feel like that close-knit energy, you know, is reflected in the work. Like, we were really able to bounce off of each other in this awesome, creative way. And you're in the writer's room now, right? I am for season two,
2: yes. What's that like? Before we get into the the behind-the-scenes of season one, I see people on Twitter and everywhere (laughs) else freaking out about season two. Well, no spoilers, but it's going very well. We're really excited about what we
3: have to present for season two. And we hope that the fans are going to come along with us. Nice. That's all I can say.
1: (laughs) That's all we're allowed to say. (laughs) (laughs) Annabelle, are you hanging out with uh, Jess too? What's going on? I've been in the writer's room, but I've just been listening.
3: Annabelle saves us on the regular. She's being humble, but uh, we'll we'll run into a story problem. And she's like, here's this uh, convenient historical fact that solves your story problem for you. Oh, thank you, Annabelle.
2: (laughs) Nice. Okay, we're all a happy family now. Let's go back to Chris Van Dusen, the creator, showrunner, and executive producer of Bridgerton.
0: This is a show about love, and it's a show about family. And there was a real family dynamic with this cast and with this crew on set every day. We were in some of the most amazing locations, and a lot of it was challenging. And just to watch everyone rise to the occasion and and, and really give everything their all was just so amazing and so inspiring to see.
2: And Annabelle, you are in so many ways, so up close to the process of a showrunner.
1: That's what I love working with Chris is that he has the entire world of Bridgerton in his head. It's incredible. And I'm like trying to bother him with scheduling stuff and he's got all these things going on in his head. But it's great to work with him. I genuinely feel like I'm one of the luckiest people to be able to work with Chris. Chris led
2: a team of amazing artists, actors, organizers, producers, to help build the world of Bridgerton. And in talking with Chris and the cast and crew, y'all, my appreciation for this production has deepened. You think you love Bridgerton until you hear about the show behind the show. It was... Big.
0: It's a very, very big set. We really did build a costume house. Built all the fireplaces. We built a ball. Built all the windows.
4: And then we built a water rig into it.
0: The whole set stood in a tank that we built as well.
4: There were 7,500 pieces of costuming, okay? It was a lot.
2: Yeah. It was big. Rome. Or in the case of Bridgerton, Grosvenor Square wasn't built in a day. It was built in 140 days. But this podcast is not about counting yards of fabric, cans of paint, or hours spent on set. My co-hosts and I are peeling back the layers of work that made Bridgerton resonate with so many audiences, millions of households. We're going to hear from some of the cast members, production design team, choreographer Jack Murphy, composer and sickening pianist Chris Bowers, Ellen Mirajnik and John Glazer, who give us costume life, and even Shonda Rhimes. I'm basically escorting you through a ball of TV and streaming badassery, okay? I think what drew me in was the books
3: they're so incredibly well written and plotted at such a pace that i don't know if you see in other romance novels you know the twists and turns come so quickly i thought it would just be like so drawn out and glances and talking about feelings and stuff and i thought it'd be cheesy but i think the fact that this show moves so quickly and that the plot goes places you don't expect it to go is really refreshing. I also got really pulled in by doing the research for the show about the period and
4: realizing how different but similar it was to today. But well, it's always human stories that connect us, isn't it? And you know, as a historian when I work on productions, I I always remember that it's the stories of the characters that carry us through. And history is about that. History is about emotion, about motivation, about the, the choices you make in the past. And, and that's the essence of, of a good story. And I always think it's incredibly exciting as a historian to be able to, to see a world that's set in the past come to life. I find it, you know, magical to see something on a script where I know people have thought over every single words and changed and written it and rewritten it and then it comes to life in the production and you see all the camera crews working and all of the kit and I love all of that stuff and then suddenly it's all on screen and you know and screen it is also slightly different because then you get the music and the editing and you can suddenly see what everyone was aiming for it is just incredible to see this thing come to life at the end and history is in our imagination isn't it and that's why I became a historian because it lives in your imagination. But television and film
2: brings that to
1: life.
2: All right, everyone, we're going to wrap it up right here. I hope you enjoyed this little Get to Know a Session. Next week, the behind the scenes ball really begins. So get ready. We're going in, we're going to talk about locations and the setting of this fantastical world. Until then, like, subscribe, and share. I'm Gabrielle Collins. Our editor is Chandler Mays. Our producers are Chris Van Dusen and Lauren Homan. Thanks for listening. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your favorite shows.
0: perfect home sweet home awards watch says liam neeson is at his best don't miss in the land of saints and sinners